Yeah, Father, thank you for the ways that you have, um, that you've just woven your goodness into my life and, and our friendship and um, whatever direction that you want to lead this conversation together, Lord, we just give you full authority and the freedom to, to speak to us and what we want to, and what you want us to say um, and the stories that you want to share and um, just continue in this prayer, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd bring things into remembrance that have been forgotten and um, that not an ounce of, of, the, of your goodness would be missed in the way that I would share this story or that Kat would ask questions or that, the things that she would share. But Father, um, that you would come out the other end of this um, being more fully known by the people who are listening um, as is Kat's heart for this podcast. So we just thank you, Father, that um, you are the great revealer. Um, you reveal us to ourselves. You reveal you to us and you reveal yourself to others through us. So we just thank you that we get to be a part of that today, Lord, and we just completely surrender our, our lives, our will, our, um, and our agendas to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we thank you that you're here, that you're in this place, that your presence is being made known to us, that we know it, that we're going to know it more and more fully. Um, there's nothing that can hinder us um, from your love. There is no power, no, no place we can go. There is no circumstance that can that can get in the way of it, but that God, you have found us and that you have deemed us good and worthy and true of, of everything that you have for us in your abundance and in your inheritance and in your blessing. And yeah, yeah we, just, we just revel in that mystery, God, that the majesty of who you are and the mystery of who you are. And we surrender to the unknown for what you've made known to us and for what you will make known to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, we just commit this time to you God, we thank you that the unfolding of your word brings light. And God, we just really believe that that's what you have for this episode. Um, Thank you, God, that it's it's your word become flesh through Jesus, but it's the word become flesh now in us, in Jordan Mm -hmm. and I. And so, Lord, we just ask that your word would bring um, just clarity, that you would unfold things through this episode, that there'd be understanding. God, thank you that Jordan wants it to be so relational, and it is. And so, Father, we just commit it to you. Mm -hmm. Ask that. Um, you just lead and guide it, God. And so we just say, be glorified. God, thank you that you're the one who brought Jordan and I together, and we mm-hmm. still don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it happened. Yeah, we're here for and it. Lord, we're just so, oh, I just am so excited for this episode, Lord. So we just bless your name and ask that you'd be glorified in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> you know, when I didn't know God, hmm. I always imagined him as Franklin in the sky. Did you watch Franklin? Like the turtle? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'd be in synagogue, and they'd be talking about God, and I'd be like, wow, I bet he looks like a turtle. Wow. And he's like way far away up in the sky. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> amazing. Franklin. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. amazing. I wonder yeah. why Franklin. Yeah, me too. Maybe because The Lord can count like... by twos and tie his shoes, that's why. Wow, was that from Franklin? Totally. I don't even remember. I think so. <laughs> Franklin could count by twos and tie his shoes. Also, um, like that. I feel like turtles are just really wise, and they always thought that God would be wise if God cool. was real. Great. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Who's he now then? To you. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot more than that, maybe. Um, yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think it's constantly transforming. I think. Um, Above all else, he's, he's, actually, he's actually become father. Mm. Um, I think what was beautiful about the beginning of my walk was that 
you know, like we encountered Jesus for the first time and like we received the Holy Spirit and, you know, like we pray in tongues and all these incredible, like they're really miracles, right? Like they're, they're such moves of power. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, we can talk about them as out of body experiences. Um, people would say like the divine nature, you know, like anything that we want to describe it as, but it's like, well, there's, it's God, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. the, the spirit of God, the power of God, the move of God. And so all of that was like, wow, there's this powerful, there's this mighty God that can set me free. And, and it was empowering because it was exciting. Yeah. And it was, it was a taste of something entirely different than I'd ever had. So I think the transformation, you know, it starts with being like, wow, God is power and might and, and strength and miracle. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of flips on its head when, not flips on its head, but you, you receive this whole other side of it when you read, you know, God, God re- responding to Moses' prayer. God, you know, when Moses says, God, show me your glory. And he says, my goodness will pass before you yeah. all the days of your life. So God's response to Moses' prayer of his glory, which is probably initially what I encountered in my own walk, like the glory of God, you know, having prophetic words spoken over me that were like ridiculously true um or like witnessing miracles you know like matt was miraculously healed from a blood disorder like an immune system (laughs) disorder like overnight like he had lost 50 pounds and was like there's no cure you know and he was prayed for and literally couldn't walk before that he couldn't lift his hands above his head take a jersey off before a basketball game and one night he's healed and literally blood test proof like he had the blood test he had i don't remember what it was called but he had this blood disorder immune disease and then you know, like three days later, he gets his test results back and they're like, we don't know what happened, but you don't have this, right? So it's like this glorious God yeah. of like miracles, of power, of wonder. Yeah. And that gets flipped on his head when, when God responds to Moses and he says, you know, like my glory will pass before you, but you will see it in the form of my, the depth of my goodness. Mm. And I think that that's the transformation, right? God's not any less powerful, mm-hmm. but now God is as good as he is mighty yeah and 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 the word good is you know it's like that's what he used to describe creation right like he looked at it and he said that it was good Uh but like what like that's crazy like the the foundation of that word like i look at that word and i just imagine it like sinking it's so deep like it's so foundational to our understanding of who he is Mm -hmm. so it's, it's transformed from this like glory miraculous strength power spirit god to being like this god of of immense care and immense goodness and he's yeah. my he's my dad right like yeah, that's so experiencing cool. him fathering me yeah, i love that and you call him abba right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah in that's hebrew so yeah it's hebrew yeah yeah because totally. it's in the bible in the mm-hmm. english version was that like yeah, in galatians we cry out, abba, abba father. father is that galatians um i don't think so i don't know it might be could Let's be. say it is. <laughs> um, I think yeah, I love Abba. that because you have like a Jewish background, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you call him Abba, mm-hmm. like what is that? Because I call, mm-hmm. it's so funny. I remember just not being into people back in the day who would call God daddy. I'm like, oh, oh daddy yeah. God. No, no, like no, no, I no, couldn't no, handle it. <laughs> no, sis, don't say that though, because I'm fully there so now. Good. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm all in for it. Yeah, no, in Hebrew, Abba is literally, it would be the same connotation, right? Like, so if you saw a three-year-old you know, running after his dad in the street in Jerusalem, he'd be running after him, he'd be saying, Abba, 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 mm. you know, Rega, Rega, Abba, it's like, wait for me, Father, like, wait for me. Wow. But it's the same connotation of Daddy. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like, in using Abba from a, from a Jewish standpoint, it's saying, like, wow, like, Daddy, like, the one who is leading me, like, the one who is fathering me, yeah. the one who I am 
currently and and literally experiencing yeah as a father yeah in fatherhood to me yeah that's so good that's so cool Mm -hmm. i remember one time just asking the lord i'm like god why do i call you daddy all the time like in my own a quiet time with him just be like dad daddy or whatever chatting Mm -hmm. with him and then Mm -hmm. he just showed me that it was at that age when i was a kid that i needed that fathering Mm -hmm. you know and nothing against my dad my dad had to travel for like two years when i was a young kid and Mm -hmm. i didn't really see him that much so i was like oh wow when the lord revealed that to me in my heart i was like yeah you're my daddy you know (laughs) and i love you and that's so cool wow yeah yeah and and i think what's interesting is like um you know, at the beginning of, of my my, th- my walk with of faith, like, of, of transitioning, you know, it's not even a transition, I shouldn't say, like, it's like, so being raised Jewish, the Jews believe in a Messiah, they just believe he hasn't come yet, and that's the whole story of the Gospels, right? It's like, Jesus is saying, like, I'm the one you've been waiting for. Yeah. And they're saying, but, you know, but but who are you really, you know, like, you're, you're, you're doing miracles on Shabbat, like, that's, that's anti- that's anti-Torah, like, that's mm-hmm. not in line with our teachings, mm-hmm. um, and Jesus is, you know, he's proposing a, a new teaching, like, an altogether new thing, right, um, but when I initially had, had been introduced to it, it was like, okay, now I'm transitioning into, you know, Jesus as Messiah, and so Jesus is best friend, Jesus is, like, literally my savior, but Jesus is the one that says, like, I am the way, and the truth, and the life, he's saying, like, it is, it is through me that you're reunited to your father, Wow. you know, um, and he says, like, you know, I'm, I have to go away. And Thomas says, but where are you going? He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Mm. Why, like, where? Why? He's going yeah. to prepare a place for us in the heart of his dad. Yeah. And in the heart of our concurrent dad as we're co-heirs with Christ, as we abide in him and we're a part of the tree, right? Like, yeah. you know, we, we're, we're a branch, right? Like, we step into that. So, so Jesus was at the forefront of all of those formative years, right? It's like I'm singing all these worship songs and it's like, you know, Jesus have your way in me, you know, whatever these songs are, Jesus, what a savior. And of course, yes, still hundred percent. Those are also true, mm-hmm. but the revelation now has gone deeper in sense. That's like, Jesus is savior. What has he saved me? Yes. From, but also into, yeah. Like, yes, Jesus saved me from this past that I lived. Um, but he, he has, and has brought me into mm-hmm. the inheritance and, and the, the guardianship of the, the promise. Right. Yeah back into relationship with my heavenly father I remember I had a really profound experience one day I was on a bus trying to get around in Haifa when I was had just gone to Israel I was like super I was super frustrated I was super lost and I'd I'd been really stressed I don't remember what place I was in but I just remember I was on this bus just repenting to the Lord like I was like father forgive me for this forgive me for this and I kind of was going off for like 10 minutes I wasn't really listening and then all of a sudden this voice just came out of nowhere and he said I forgave you before you said you were sorry. Wow. And and this like beyond timely thing of like, so Jesus, the power of, of, of the atonement, right, is that Jesus actually for, has forgiven us our past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Right, so our repentance is that, it's that turn, right? It's that mm-hmm. like 180, mm-hmm. you know, to repent, to turn. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not that God's God's holding something against us, but that we haven't repent, we haven't turned, you yeah. know? So it's like, I'm saying sorry and I'm, you know, I'm confessing and I'm thinking I'm doing something so holy, right? And then mm-hmm. God says, I, I had forgiven you. Yeah. You know, I was waiting for you to turn. Yeah. Like our relationship was not pending on anything for me to do. I've done everything. Yeah. Wow. Our relationship was, you just needed to turn. So good. Right. Yeah. But just that, that shift in thinking of, you know, like who Jesus is, but actually what Jesus has brought us into. And it's that, that's, that, that, 
perpetual perfect love relationship with the father who's just waiting to embrace us all the time mm-hmm. yeah that's so good so good <laughs> i think that's actually why i was so excited for this episode today because when i think of you it's like i was i don't even know how to describe it it's just who you are you're just so assured of god the father your father who loves you and who's with you and mm-hmm. you carry like this deep seated peace and assurance mm-hmm. of that and it's mm-hmm literally just this atmosphere that you create i don't know it sounds just so wild but it's who you are and i get around (laughs) you and then all of a sudden i'm just like and it's not that i'm like shutting down or anything it's just this deep rest Mm. and this place of peace and that's who you are and so whenever we hang out i'm like wow what is this like jordan's so (laughs) crazy like who your view of who the lord is and how yeah he is your god and your dad and it's Mm. just wow so this has been an episode that i'm so excited about because you're just like such a great friend <laughs> you're someone i'm like wow whenever i meet people or i talk to my friends i'm like you need to meet my friend jordan i'm like she's so awesome uh, yeah i'm excited for this one appreciate it sissy it's That's good really nice. um yeah jordan you're named after the jordan river i am so cool i thought of a little song to sing for you <clears throat> oh please it's like a little intro oh yeah <laughs> yeah please maybe you it. could snap to me yeah, sure, i don't know you can sure, catch yeah. on okay ready flowing like a river Jordan River got yeah. that Holy Spirit power on the inside. She go wherever her father goes. Oh, he knows just where he'll take her. Oh, flowing like a river. Jordan River got that Holy Spirit power on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> there you go. No way. Well, yeah, maybe we could... I, you know what I said? I don't want to add any auto tune or anything super extra no, 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 for your episode. No, no, I think you might need to for because that. Because your episode is like, <laughs> that was the other thing I was thinking. You're like my most natural, incredible, amazing friend ever. So I was like, I don't think we can produce anything on this episode, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you need to use that church edit. I was like, Ooh, church. But, oh yeah, let's um, go. So wow, good. thanks for that song. Absolutely, I, I got a really, when I was actually traveling in Jordan, mm-hmm. so a lot of people aren't so familiar with all the borders and everything, but Jordan technically, the, the country of Jordan now, um, the Jordan River, like it flows into it, it kind of goes all throughout that, right? Like Damascus, Syria, Jordan, Israel, Lebanon, like all those borders have been so fluid for all this, these centuries, right? Mm. But anyways, I was in Jordan, I think it was two and a half years ago now, and they said, you know, does anyone know the meaning of the word Jordan? And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to learn. I have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, it literally means to merge and to flow. Wow. And I was like, that could not describe me better. Straight up. I was like, I have no idea where I'm going, but it's always been really cool because I I received a a really incredible word. I think it was in 2013 or 14. And um, the word was that my whole life, I had been like a river, but a river that's, um, a river that's bringing new paths, but that's forging new paths that are moving uphill. And I remember when I heard that, I knew in that moment that God was speaking, speaking to me about the Jews, that he was speaking to me about Israel. And he was saying that, you know, like, as even a river, it's so quiet, but it's so powerful. Yeah. And um, that resonated so deeply with me. And I think it maybe tag teams off what you were saying. Like, I, I, I don't know what I, I mean, Matt makes fun of me all the time. Like, I'm so calm. Yeah. But I'm like, but I think I'm doing something, you know, like I think something's happening. And, and as it has, as it seemed like my life has been a bit transient until the last couple of years, right? Like I was kind of everywhere after university uh-huh. and I really felt like it was actually where God was taking me. Yeah. Um, and, and on that same, that same vein of rivers, like I, I've, I've received, 
received these pictures before where it's like when, when God's encouraging us, you know, what does it look like to float down the river of his love? Mm. Like, what does it look like to actually be free in the river of God's love? And wow. I remember getting this image of this like really massive river, like flowing and flowing and flowing. And along the side of the river, there are these boulders and, and there were people everywhere. Some were sitting on the rocks on like on the river banks. Mm -hmm. Some were um, sitting on the boulders, like with their feet in the river. Some were actually being pulled by the current of the river, but like they wouldn't let go of the boulders. So their body was like further upstream or further yeah. downstream yeah. than they're, like, yeah. they were holding on. And then some people were just like fully surrendered to this current, like wow. belly up floating down this <laughs> river. And um, I remember it had been a word that I got for a friend of mine, um, but it spoke so much to me because it was just this idea of actually being like, wow, we actually just get to float in this current or this stream of God's love. And I, I actually really do feel like that has a, a lot been my life. So, so good. You know, my mom naming me this and I think yeah. it, was, it was super prophetic in and of itself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Names are so powerful. Words are so powerful. Mm -hmm. Catherine for me, Catherine means pure and wow. my middle name Rose means gift of God. And I'm like, God, that's just like the greatest thing I could ever ask for. You know, Whoa. it's like who I am when yeah. God says my name, Catherine, you're pure. Yeah, my pure gift. Yeah, right? and that's so great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's so intentional, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a bit there too when I was going by cat for years, mm. and that was like rebellious stage. I was cat when I was kind of confused, figuring out my identity, all that stuff. But then it was after 2016, actually Timothy, who was on the podcast, yeah, I met him in 2016. He told me at the end of this YWAM program, he's like, I feel like God wants you to be Catherine now. And I was feeling the exact same thing in my heart at that time too, where God was like bringing me into this thing of like femininity and understanding what it means to be a woman and to be Catherine and wow. to be pure. And I still go by Cat when I like tell stories and this and that and whatever. Yeah. And people call me Cat or Kath. I'm evolving to Kathy actually from oh, Kat very to Kath exciting. to Kathy. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, but like, yeah, Catherine, I'm just like, whoa. And I love names. I think mm. they're so powerful. So mm. yeah, Jordan, it's totally you. It's funny. Straight up. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is so fun. <laughs> I know. So good. <laughs> Should we structure something into here or like, no, uh, I'm thinking about it. Do you want to share your story? <laughs> We know that. Oh yeah, uh, we can do that. You grew up Jewish. That's grew up cool. Jewish. Yeah. Um, yeah, my story. There's so many stories. Ooh. Not as many as you, I don't think. <laughs> what stories do I have? Um, no, I. Yeah, actually, it's good. You're talking about all this stuff that God brings you into, but like, what did He bring you out of? Yeah, that's good. I. Uh, yeah. So. It's so insane. So I was 19. Um, when I had my first like rememberable encounter mm -hmm. with the presence of God. Mm -hmm. um, actually, an interesting way of putting that, when I first went to Sweden, I remember I was preaching to like... Sweden for volleyball? Sweden for volleyball. Sporty Spice or what? Yeah, yeah, I went to play pro. Actually, that's like one thing I should say why I'm so excited for this episode too. I mean, we're like besties and you've been such a sister to me, so I can't wait to talk about that. But I just love that you're super academic and super sporty. And I think those are two things that are just going to be amazing to hit on the podcast. So yeah, let's wow. go. You're in Sweden for volleyball. Let's yeah, go. I was in Sweden for volleyball. That's Super right. Super tall. How tall are you? Six one. Woo. Yeah, six one. Setter. What position do you play? Oh, setter. Yeah. I don't even know. I, I don't know volleyball. That's all good. All. You set though. You, I set. You make the plays. You yeah, set yeah, them yeah. up. Yeah, kind of like the QB. A lot less glorified. Less glorified. Yeah. Okay. So you it. don't get it kills. Uh, I see. You're just there for it, right? Like you just got to set other people up for success. Just a team player. Yeah, actually, You're God amazing. reveals so much about who he is through, through sport in that way, like especially through volleyball. But 
I can touch on that later, but I need to tell you this because it was one of the most profound moments of, of recognizing how I had conceptualized my encounters with God and how I had conceptualized like coming to faith. Mm. But I was, we, I worked part time when I was in Sweden um, at a cosmetic company. So I was literally in the basement of this nail polish packaging factory, which was the most hilarious pastime. Wow. And um, <laughs> I remember I was, I got to like a couple of my teammates ended up like one of them ended up coming on a trip to Rwanda with me at the end of that year. Wow. And she's like such an incredible woman, got baptized. Like it was amazing. Yeah. And another one, I remember five days in, her ankle was kind of screwed up. And I said to her, hey, can I pray for your ankle? She said, yeah. So I prayed for it. God healed it. Wow. Like it was, it just kind of felt like, yeah, duh, that happened. You know, but I remember <laughs> the first time I was telling her about, you know, my own faith and kind of what I believed and what my experience of this world had been. She said to me, she looked at me with like these eyes of like awe and she just said, wow, so when did you first believe? Hmm. And I remember being so struck by the way that she'd asked that because I remember the first moment that I believed. Yeah. Wow. Like I remember the first moment, not necessarily because I didn't know, right? Like I grew up and honest, honest to the Lord, Jesus was a curse word for me. Like I didn't know and I didn't use it. Like I didn't swear. Yeah. Nobody had told me not to swear. Nobody had told me that was bad. I just like, there's something in me growing up where I was like, no, I just prefer to not, not swear or I prefer to not drink or get involved with like different substances. Like it was just never something that was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can honestly say that the very first time I remember having this glimpse of being like, whoa, maybe something beyond the physical manifestation, like this physical world that I exist in exists. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was, you know, I was telling you about it. It was this night and a teammate of mine, she was a Christian and I was in my second year at UFC playing volleyball. She'd come in in her first year and, and she was living in residence and I had dropped her off at res. And, and when we were sitting outside in my car, not my car, the family van, <laughs> much less glamorous. Shout out to the family <laughs> Shout van. Shout out to the, I've been in it. To Wanda the Honda. Um, uh, she, she was telling me about Jesus and I just remember having this moment where it was like, my reality shifted and there was a different lens on my eyes Whoa. and I guess you could describe that as you know the veil being lifted right and I just remember looking at this tree that had lost all of its leaves it was covered in snow and they I guess campus rec had <laughs> rolled some lights over it mm -hmm. and I just remember looking at it and thinking that's the most beautiful tree I've ever seen wow <laughs> like I was in tears looking at this tree <laughs> no way yeah 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 and I was just like <laughs> absolutely floored and I was like whoa like something's different about that tree that tree wasn't there before, was it? You know, like, wow. who put that there? Like, joke's on me. Yeah. And um, that was this first inkling of, you know, like, wow, so this, this Franklin in the sky or this curse word that I'd always kind of associated with, it wasn't even with Christianity. Like, I had been so aloof to it. Like, I had no bad experiences or good experiences. It just was something else, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, yeah, I think I all of a sudden was like, hmm, maybe something's there. Um, so, yeah, it was... I guess like short short story of it I had grown up in a Jewish home I went to like we would have like you know we weren't super religious but we would have one or two hour Passover seders um, Passover is the holiday where you celebrate like the Jews leaving Exodus um, and then we would celebrate Hanukkah um, we would go to our cousin's house for Christmas it was mm -hmm. never a big thing for us mm -hmm. um, and 
what else? Like, yeah, we went to Jewish summer camp. So for like, since from when I was six till I was 16, every single summer, either like for the first summer, it was one week. And after that, it was three weeks of my summer. I'd go away to Jewish summer camp. I wouldn't talk to my parents. I was like gone. I was in this world of Jewish summer camp. And, you know, like the community of Jewish people is so incredible. It's it's like nothing else. Like you go to camp and it's like all your best friends. It's like the Mm only, that's the only world that exists for three weeks, right? Yeah. Um, But it was so interesting because reflecting on it afterwards, like, we would have our Shabbat service. So Shabbat is in Hebrew to Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the rest day. So it starts at sundown on Friday and it ends on sundown on Saturday. And so you have your Shabbat service, which is kind of like welcoming the Sabbath mm-hmm. on Friday night. And then you have a Shabbat service on, on Saturday morning. And then at Jewish summer camp, we would have our the end of Sabbath dance. So we'd have a big dance party wow. <laughs> in the dance hall so on Saturday fun. night. Um, but never was there talk about God. Like never was there actually talk about a creator or, you know, this, the spiritual nature of what the Jewish faith proclaims. And, and that was always something that was interesting to me about Judaism was that um, you're Jewish by blood. You're not Jewish by what you believe. Huh. And you're Jewish by blood and you're Jewish. And, and so therefore Jews would technically believe in god they would be descendants of you know like of abraham Mm -hmm. you know like of adam Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that you embrace a certain way of life Mm. um in fact the very first time that i ever actually had a conversation with my rabbi was you know i had been a believer then at that point for three years and and my mom had really wanted me to go and attend some classes with her at the synagogue about you know the rabbi talking about controversial topics um in the western world so i think we talked a bit about abortion about tattoos and one other thing and i remember sitting in this room and about halfway through this this lesson that the rabbi was teaching i realized that there was a really good chance that the rabbi and I were on the closest page when it came to believing in God and understanding the Bible more than anyone else in that room, mm. even though our views might be the most disparate because the rest of the people in that room didn't even necessarily believe in God. Yeah. So this whole upbringing was so interesting for me because it was more of a culture and more of a, a tradition and something that I deeply value and that I never will forsake in my life because it's who I am and it's how I was raised and it's in my blood. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. Those are my people, right? Like. Mm-hmm. That, that sentiment of like, you know, let my people go that you would hear in Prince of Egypt or like that whole sentiment of like, I'm a Jew and like, this is really important to me. It's, it's very much there and it's very much rooted. Yeah. Um, wow. But when I encountered the Holy Spirit and I encountered this other, this other way of relating to and literally relating to God because it wasn't a relationship before, it was a semblance of or an understanding of something far away. Relating to God, something clicked in me. Mm-hmm. And I, it's almost like I would describe it like if you're building a watch mm-hmm. and, and old watchmakers would like put all the pieces together and they have to go in in a very specific order. And then when you add the very, very last piece of the watch, the whole system starts moving. Oh. And that's kind of how I would describe, you know, it's like I went through this whole time and, and, and God was almost like building my understanding of him. But it wasn't it didn't click like it wasn't it wasn't a joint um, it wasn't a joint system that was functioning together yet. Right. And then this Jesus ended up being this this the last piece that everything clicked in, and then all of a sudden, you know, I knew what time it was. Wow. You know, like <laughs> I was like so good. Yeah, like something. <laughs> when did you think of that? Just right in this moment. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, like that whole story. Like I remember the year that I I kind of 
started reckoning with this this otherly world, you know, like this mm -hmm. this spiritual realm. You were in university. You I said? was in university. I was at UFC playing volleyball. What did you take in your undergrad? I was, did psych. Nice. Yeah, I was I was taking psych, um, and I uh, yeah, there were a lot of Christians. There were a lot of people that had kind of been in my in my spheres. Um, that you know shared really openly about their faith, and I and I thought that was awesome. I didn't have any qualms about it in university. In university, that's wild. Yeah. I so, feel like some people have a university experience, and it's very much anti yeah Jesus or anti religion in any capacity. Absolutely, but yours was quite opposite. Hey, well, what, well, what was interesting was that I was actually a part of a friend group. So when I came in in my first year of university, I had I had had some some stuff happen in high school. You know, like up until grade nine, I, I literally never swore. I was the kind of girl that was like, if you were swearing, I was like, hey, watch your mouth. <laughs> or like yeah. if you made a joke and you were like, oh, stop being so chintzy, I'd be like, hey, yeah, like stop with your racial slurs. Like for some reason I had this like conviction of justice that I don't know where it came from. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want to drink. Like I just wasn't interested in any of that stuff. And I remember in grade 10, I switched, high, I, went, I switched, I didn't go to the main high school I was supposed to go to. I went to a different one. And all of a sudden, it was like I entered into the Mean Girls movie, and I was like, "Booyaka shaka! I want to be the queen of the queens!" Like, wow. <laughs> it was like so crazy. But I was playing volleyball. I was on the volleyball team. Like, I had a ton of friends. Mm -hmm. I was like, people knew who I was. I like kind of came into my own. I was like pretty confident. And did you I, switch schools because of volleyball? Because of basketball, and because Western was an IB school, mm. so I wanted to, I did partial IB, and I was going, going there for the basketball program. I ended up playing volleyball in university, but I loved basketball. Wow. Yeah. Fun time. That's great. I, I didn't know that. Sports. I know. I saw you beat my friend at 21 once. That was amazing at bas basketball. Right, right, right. Shout out, Sabina. Yeah. But Shout I didn't know that you were actually a baller. It was pretty good. Wow, so My good. mom makes me watch my old videos sometimes. Cool. She's like, this is the game that you won, th you got 30 points. I'm like, wow, throwback <laughs> to 20, 2009. I think it would have been. That's amazing. Anyways, um, yeah, so like I love sports, but you know, in high school, I remember I dated this really, really, like this guy who I was like so madly in love with. I like such a funny story, but we ended up having a super messy breakup and so many things happened. Um, in the midst of it, and I ended up having like some pretty a pretty traumatic experience kind of tied to that whole breakup. Mm -hmm. And um, if anyone ever tells you that words aren't powerful, they're lying. That's straight from the devil. Like yeah. words, words really screwed me up for a really long time. And I remember what had happened was I had gone to this party, and you know, I ended up being the wrath of a misunderstanding, and. Um, everything has been totally reconciled now and, and everything's okay and there's literally no hard feelings um but i yeah a lot of two groups of guys two two vans full of guys got out of some cars and they they screamed at me they chanted at me that i was a whore and i mean at this point in my life i had never had sex like i hadn't like i was so i was so far from what that definition could mean yeah but what had happened was when I had gone to some really important people in my life and kind of shared that story with them, the response wasn't, that's not true. The response was, well, you know, you really, you really hurt him. Wow. And your uh, boyfriend. At yeah. The time. yeah. 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 At that point we had been broken up for a bit, but yeah, I, I share that because that was the belief that I had going into my last like grade 12. Mm -hmm. That was the belief that I had going into my first year of university. And it was very far from the truth, but that's the same way that 
you know, that the enemy lies to us, right? Like he plants yeah. something that's so far from the truth, but when there isn't something to replace it with, yeah. we don't really have a grounds to fight from. Right. And I really believed that and I really acted like, I don't want to say I acted like it as if the, the way that I behaved was like, you could point at that and say, that's how whores behave. Like, I just think that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I didn't, I didn't value myself. I didn't see my body as something sacred and pure and holy. And, wow. um, and, and so my first and second year of university can really be, I think, captured in that, you know, like yeah. I, uh, I remember just like being so taken by this belief that this was what was expected of me, mm-hmm. you know, to be, to be physically intimate with someone outside of relationships. Wow. And, um, and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I cried. Like I hated it. I, I was so, I was so against it, but I had so far dissociated from, you know, necessarily like what I was worth or what I thought was good. And I first took that for where I thought I could, I could fix it or where I thought my identity might be. Yeah. Right. So I think in, in learning about, in learning about a God who saw me in the midst of that when I felt like nobody did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really saved me. Yeah. Like I, you know, like, I don't remember where it is, but like, is it Psalm 40? Like he, he pulled me out of the muck and mire, right? Mm, like, yeah. and he set me on a, on a solid, solid rock. rock. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like when I think about you know, the place that I was in, it's like, I was really good at sports. I was really smart. Mm-hmm. I was super popular. Mm-hmm. I, people thought I was pretty. Mm-hmm. It was like, I had all of the affirmation that the world could ever offer you or that the world would ever tell you that you would need. Yeah. And, and man, like I was searching, Mm -hmm. like I was so dissatisfied and, um, like it's so, it's so incredible to me because that piece that you talk about, like of being around me and feeling like, you know, you're settled into yourself and that's kind of how I feel. That's how I feel like, that's the gift that I feel like God's given to me personally. Like, I feel like yeah. I can actually settle into who I am now. Yeah. And I'm not looking away or shying away from different parts of myself in shame. Yeah. But I'm actually able to sit with me because I know that he's seen all my crevices and corners and he's deemed them worthy and lovable. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah, so, so that, whole, that whole redemption of saying, like, this is who the world has said you are. Mm-hmm. This is who I say you are. Mm-hmm. And... and you know, like, I, even sharing that, like, so you say, like, in university, no, like, that's not everyone's experience of university. Right. But I think that when we're brave enough to listen to the voice of truth, and, and so for me, I would reckon with the voice of truth being the spirit of God, and, and so would you, and so mm-hmm. would a believer, right? But when I say the voice of truth for someone who doesn't necessarily believe in God, like, the divine conscience, like, the part of us that's like, wait a second, like, why do I feel guilty? Like, how do we, how do we veer so far from being able to be authentically true and real with ourselves that we would live this life that's so far from our own identity, right? Like, Mm. but being brave enough to actually listen to that, like that divine conscience, which is who is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. um, And to be willing to actually walk in the direction of, of, it, it's really brave and it's it's yeah. really not easy like and in yeah. university there were a lot of people that, there was a lot of friends that like you know I started reckoning with this different worldview and this different reality mm-hmm. and a lot of people um thought things about me said things about me and what was so incredible was that the deeper I dove into it 
the less I cared. Mm. Because I realized that, like, the life that I had lived compared to the life that had been given to me was just... It wasn't something that was even comparable. Like, it wasn't something that I could say, it was either, it was that, now it's this. You know, it's, it's actually the reality of new creation. It's actually the reality of God saying, like, I have done something new. Can you not perceive it? Mm. It's springing up before you. Mm. And, 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 you know, like, that's, that's, that's like, like, is that Isaiah? I don't remember mm-hmm. that. That's mm-hmm. Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But, but the reality is, is that thing that he's talking about is us. Mm. Right? Like, he's replaced our hearts of stone and give us an, given us hearts of flesh. Yeah. And so when, when, when the reality of the transformation of God, beco- you, you become it. Yeah. Um, there's no words that can touch you anymore. Like there's no, there's no opinions that sway you. Yeah. And and that's because like, love is the sh- it's it's sure of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so it's so sure, it's so steadfast in its opinion. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that was the largest part of that whole journey was I remember the very first the whole story of like when I actually, the day that I actually, you know, let's say said the Lord's prayer, whether or not that's something you got to do, but you know, like actually really surrendered my life to Jesus. I remember the first thing I thought was, I don't have to be worried about my future anymore. I don't have to do this anymore. Like I can, I'm actually free. Yeah. And, and that song, I'm free, praise the Lord. I'm free, no Mm. longer bound. There's no more chains holding me. Like that reality for me mm-hmm. in that moment mm-hmm. was, I literally felt like I floated out of Science Theater's 140. <laughs> like I was like, did we just go up the staircase or like am I flying? Like I was like, it was such a it was such a crazy Science moment for me. Because, 140. Yeah, yeah. Gotta toss go. it in there. Shout out to Science Theaters. What was after? That was oh that moment. Yeah. Oh, I literally. What was going on in ST 140? Oh yeah, that's where you church used to meet. Okay, you church. Yeah, you church. So that was a funny day. Shantae, one of my best friends, had come to town that weekend. She mm-hmm. was in the in town for the weekend, had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. We ended up hanging out. Mm-hmm. On the Sunday, I think, I got off. Let, I got let off work early and I called her and I was like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, or I texted her. She's like, I'm at church. I was like, oh, I'll come. Because at this point I had become friends with all these people from you church. And so I drove and it was like 12.15, like church was done at 12. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I should just go. Like, it just felt this like weird pull to go to you church. So I go... And I, it's, of course, it's going over time, and I, like, go into the Science Theater 140, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, standing at the top. And then, uh, slowly the sermon, like, ends, and everyone's just chilling, and, and Shanti's like, oh, I want you to meet the guest speaker today. And I was like, cool. So I go down there, and mm-hmm. he's like, my name's Wayne Headley. I was like, Headley, I, I know your niece. Like, I've mm-hmm. played basketball with her since I was, like, in grade seven. And he's like, oh, so you know my brother? And I was like, yeah, I know your brother. Oh, actually, and your other brother did my he took up my molars like he was my orthodontist great so like knew this guy Mm -hmm. all around and then uh and then someone said to me jordan like someone said jordan's weighing whether or not she's counting the costs of whether or not she wants to follow jesus and he said no i don't think i don't think she is and i just like that was just god like pierced my heart in that moment because he Mm. was like no she's not weighing it like she knows Mm. she just needs a little tap on the butt yeah and i looked at him and i said no i'm not weighing it i said i just don't know how to pray wow and he said, repeat after me. And whether or not you need to repeat after me, but it was a beautiful moment because that was one of the first times that I had really felt like God actually showed me what it was like to be led. Wow. To be shown the way and yeah. not have to fight for it and, and independence my way through it, right? Yeah. That's so cool. It was a good day. You have another experience with a prophetic word that you received? 
Mm-hmm. Where was that in regards to this? So that was on the timeline. Yeah, so that was about four and months can you before. Share that? that was yeah. four months before. Four months before. Um, there's this really wonderful man named John Rohr, and he used to come up from the States, and he just hears really clearly from the Lord. He's like super prophetic. Mm-hmm. And he had come up and he was uh, doing this prophetic night, and I just remember thinking, well, that's really neat. That's cool for the people that believe that. I had no problems with it, but I just didn't think it was for me. Like, I was like, oh, no, I don't get to do that. Like, I'm not a Christian, so I don't know what that is. Yeah. And then uh, I remember, so I missed that night. And then the next day he was doing it in the afternoon, and one of the girls on my team, who was a Christian, she said, Jordan, you should come. Like, come check it out. And I was like, cool, okay. So I just went with her, checked it out, went in, went to the back of the room, and I sat down. And so he pulls up this one guy who's on the bus or on the football team. This guy's like, honestly, shy, just shy of 300 pounds, like this huge dude, D-line, like massive guy, and uh, starts praying for him. And within 10 minutes, this guy is like on his knees weeping. Like wow. he's sitting there, he's like, God is real. God is so real. God is so real. And I'm sitting in the back of this room. I'm like, what the actual heck did I just step into? Like what's happening here? And then so he goes down and then he pulls up another guy. He's like another D-line, like just shy of 300 oh, pounds okay. football guy, like pulls up the fence, starts praying for him. Gets so specific with him. He's like, you get three phone calls a week. This person calls you, this person calls you, this person calls you, and they want you to come back out east to Montreal. And this guy's just like absolutely ruined. Wow. And I remember sitting there and the like the the knowing the knowing spirit in me said, You're next. Wow. And I was like, No freaking way. I'm not going up there. <laughs> and I was like it's like, You're next. I was like, No, 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 I'm not next. No, you're next. And I was like, Okay, fine. I was like, Okay, God, if you bring up that moment when I was sixteen, seventeen, I can't remember how old I was, um, that all those guys yelled at me. Wow. I said, If you bring that up then you're real. Wow. So sure enough, he's like, looks around the room, sees me. I'm like, dart vision. How do you see me? <laughs> Pulls me up to the front. And he looks at me and he says, hmm. He starts, starts speaking how sensitive my spirit is. Says a couple things. Of course, I'm already bawling. He's just the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, it's like he touches you and you're like, oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> Shouldn't wear makeup today. No, but he starts talking and he, he kind of pauses and he looks kind of confused. And then he looks at me and he was like, you know, Jordan, like, I'm sensing a really big block around the age of 16. And I just, like, went wide-eyed. And he said, he said, I'm not going to share what happened to you here. But just know that the heartbreak that you endured, God intends to heal. And every single thing that the enemy meant for evil, God has meant for good. Wow. And I, my knees buckled. Like, I just remember thinking, like, no one has known the depth of that pain. Wow. No single person has known the depth of that pain. And, and that was the beginning, right? Like, that was, that was, like, years and years of, like, working through the depths of it. Probably because a lot of me didn't want to face it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think God wants to heal us in one fell swoop if he could. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think mm-hmm. a lot of the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not willing to look at it. Wow. But, uh... Yeah. So he said that to me, and then he said, Jordan, you know, you've got the heart of a lion. Wow. And uh, he didn't know, obviously, but... My middle name is Ariel, and in Hebrew, when you break that up in two words, it's Arya and El, which means Lion of God, or Lioness of God. Holy. Yeah, and I was like, dope. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and so I just remember that first encounter with God when he actually, like, it was almost like this was the first time that I was willing, so long as we have ears to hear, mm-hmm. he will speak. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole idea, like as long as I will praise you, like, you know, I know you're, you will listen. Yeah. Right. Like that, it's that whole channel. And I just felt like that was the first time that 
I had given God like the freedom to just speak. Wow. And he, man, did he speak. And, and he said what he needed to. And I was like, if I had heard any more, I, I don't know what would have happened. I would have exploded. Wow. But like, it was like so powerful. And I knew in that moment. And I think that was the first time that I was able to comprehend, you know, the difference. I don't remember where it is, but Paul makes the distinction between like head knowledge and, and spirit knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. Being like, you, you will know that you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you will know with your brain that mm-hmm. you have a knowing that's incomprehensible by your brain. Mm-hmm. Right. And that idea that like, that was the first time that I knew something without being able to word it. Wow. And then, yeah, that, that was the first time that I was prayed for before I actually came to faith. Oh, yeah, and then it was that summer that he came back to me, and I remember we were at Harvest Institute, which was a, it was a conference on, on campus, and he prayed for me, he brought me to the front, and he said, do I know you? I said, yeah, yeah, you prayed for me in January, February. He said, I didn't even recognize you, Jordan. You're an entirely new person. Wow. And uh, he hadn't known, but I'd, I'd, I'd surrendered. Like, I had totally given my life over to Jesus. Yeah. And, um... Wow. How old were you there? 19. And in second year of uni? I was going into second year. No, I was going into third year. Oh, I just finished third. my second year. Okay. Yeah, and, uh... It was really funny, actually. At the beginning of this conference, I remember I had said to a friend, I said, I feel like I just did a 180, and I'm face... I've left everything that I've known for something that I have no idea about, and I'm just facing this big, blank, white canvas, and I don't know how to fill it. Hmm. And, um, and then on Tuesday morning of that conference, there was a woman there and she was leading this, this, um, this little kind of teaching on how to hear the voice of God. And, um, and she said, so a lot of the time what hinders us is that we're not, we don't want to talk about God. We don't want to talk to God about something. So he's unable to speak to us or like get through to us Mm because we don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. So she said, so that thing that you've been avoiding talking to him about, just tell it to him. Hmm. And that was the very first time that I had ever repented for any sexual impurity. Like, that was the first time I ever said anything about being like, oh, Lord, like, I'm sorry that I didn't honor you with my body. Wow. And in a moment, like, it was like the most gentle and loving voice of a father that said something like, of course I forgive you. Yeah. Like, I have not held that against you for a moment. Yeah. And it was the next day that John came and he prayed for me and... Prophetic man. Pulled me forward. Yeah, prophetic man. Prophetic man John <laughs> pulled me forward and he said, I don't recognize you. And he said, he just, the first thing he said to me, he said, Jordan, all of the things that God used to see that were crimson red have been washed in our white as snow. Wow. And he has restored your innocence. Wow. And it was so powerful for me because it just confirmed, you know, it was like when we're new in our faith and we're actually like, do I actually hear God's voice? Mm-hmm. You know, it was like mm-hmm. the day before that, I was like, hey, Lord, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. So he not only spoke it to me, but he spoke it again to me through him. Yeah. He said, yeah, you've yeah. completely been restored. Wow. You know, and, and, and something that I can speak to so honestly is that actually I had a friend ask me about it recently. You know, she just got into a relationship and um, it's her first really serious relationship and she was born in a Christian home and, you know, she's always had this, this narrative, you know, don't mm-hmm. have sex before you're married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, so what do you think about that? And mm-hmm. I kind of gave her this answer, but then... I, you know, I told her kind of what I thought about it, and I said, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I learned. Nobody taught me what I think about it. I said, what I think about it has literally been the, the revelation of what God freed me from. Yeah. And I said, the most intimate and sacred act that two people can share is the combining of the emotional, the spiritual, like the bodily, yeah. in this like physical intimate experience of inviting someone 
to yeah. be so intimate with you. Wow. And I just said, like, to ever, to, like, engage in that outside of marriage feels like I'm selling it short. <laughs> and I couldn't, I, it's not that I, it's not that I really, really want to, and that I just don't, because I know it will be better. My literal desire, I don't have the desire to have sex outside of marriage. Wow. And, and I remember someone saying this to me a few years ago, but you know, we, we consider, we give so much power to the, the lust of our flesh, right? And, you know, mm -hmm. the lust of our flesh I've always struggled with because it just feels like such a religious term to me. But just this idea of saying like, well, like my, I want this, like, you know, like I literally am attracted to someone or like, I want to be with them or like, I'm physically like, mm -hmm. I'm lusting mm -hmm. after them. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, like, why do we think that that's not something that God can help us with like why does right. why is that not something he can save us from and say like yeah. i'm gonna this is a gift that we can carry mm -hmm. in the sacredness of marriage yeah so good you know and yeah. i like that's that has very earnestly and real like really really been my experience wow because when god says he saved us from something he doesn't have to do it mm -hmm. right like he really like he fully set me free from that yeah. and i don't i'm not looking at it and saying that's shameful or that's condemning it's like no no it's 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 the most beautiful gift he could have given me. Wow. And did it happen in that moment that you repented that moment, then? That moment. <laughs> there, was, there was literally no questions about it. Oh, wow. It was that moment. So like, I've never... I wouldn't consider it. Yeah. Never have. So good. Yeah, and there were other things that didn't happen in that moment, right? For sure. Like, drinking. Like, it took me a few years to be like, wait... I'm still drinking and getting drunk. I wouldn't get drunk and like want guys' attention the same way that I used to. Yeah. But I'd be like, "Well, I love getting drunk." Yeah. <laughs> like I love this. This is so fun. And then I kind getting of getting drunk and then listening to worship music. Yeah, right? yeah. Or what was interesting actually? You yeah, know. that's a whole nother actually. Straight up. Yeah, yeah. Or this was a. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I'm talking so much, but I guess it's a podcast. Keep going. Okay. This is great. <laughs> so I think something that was really interesting. To me, I wonder if I've ever shared this with you, but. I think something that was really revelational for me at one point was um, at the beginning of my relationship with Jesus, I was so excited and so full of joy and like so gung-ho on fire. Mm -hmm. And as religion does, and as people do, because we're people and we're, mm -hmm. we're being perfected mm -hmm. in the process of being perfected, mm -hmm. um, we find illegitimate ways to satisfy legitimate needs. <laughs> So my illegitimate way of satisfying my legitimate need for connection to the Father and, yeah. and, 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 and knowing the presence of Jesus, um, I, I fostered it through what I had learned growing up. Yeah. So through in my growing up, I learned that if I made a mistake, I would be punished and then I would feel guilty and in feeling guilty, I would feel something. Mm. I could finally feel something mm -hmm. and then I could come crawling back. Mm. We're, we're such a, we're such a species that's like, we're so controlled by conviction, right? Yeah. But if we're not feeling conviction, we have no direction. Right. And, and, and that's really the gift of the spirit. Like the Holy Spirit walking with us in every moment of every day mm -hmm. is that we actually are given direction through conviction mm -hmm. and it's really healthy and totally. it's really beautiful. Yeah. And it's really necessary. Like, oh, yeah. we very much need that. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was so, I was so shackled by, by shame that I didn't realize I was walking in that the only way that I felt like I could do this kind of like, um, what's this movement? Is it a pendulum? Pendulum swing. Mm -hmm. 
of like penduling okay I'm drinking and I'm getting drunk and I'm making out somebody at the bar mm-hmm. I would actually go and do that on purpose mm-hmm. because I missed God and I didn't know how to reconnect with him wow. and I needed to feel this deep conviction in order to do it wow. so I would seek conviction by purposefully doing something that I knew wasn't honoring to me and I didn't really want to do Really, but I was like, I need some type of conviction. Like yeah. I need to seek something rebellious, mm-hmm. so that I can run back up the road to my dad. Wow. Do you think you're like, like longing for some sort of feeling in your relationship with God then? Hundred percent. And 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 recognizing that like, like I I don't I don't know exactly how it works, but like this idea that like shame is such a blind like shame is was so blinding for me and like fear was so blinding for me to the extent that like in order for me to feel like I could connect to somebody Mm -hmm. I needed to be shamed first and I I don't want to attribute that to anyone in my childhood to my parents to anything Mm -hmm. like I actually think that's around us in society everywhere and unless that's a very integral lesson that we're taught like from a young age and 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 none of our upbringing is is riddled with shame then we were exposed to it Mm -hmm. and a part of us learns it right Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I made a mistake, now I'm punished, mm-hmm. and now I have to work my way back. Mm-hmm. And so that was very much the, the sequence of events that I was living in. Totally. And so, so that's why when I talk about, you know, Jesus actually went from just being, I'm worshipping Jesus in the power, mm-hmm. to I'm actually experiencing God as Father. Yeah. And so that whole transition, actually, what that took was the removal of shame mm-hmm. and the recognition and the foresight of, of, of where I, where fear was affecting the way that I was relating to God. Yeah. So recognizing attachment wounds, you know, we can call, and so, so now I'm doing this counseling psych degree, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on my third degree. I mm-hmm. love school. I love learning and I love it oh. <laughs> because the reality of Christ and the reality of God mm-hmm. is just being put into a way that's more structured. Yeah. Like, I look at something like attachment theory, and I'm like, the wounds of how our parents parented us in authoritarian mm-hmm. ways or in whatever ways they've parented us, it affects how we understand and believe the extent to which we're loved, mm-hmm. and therefore affects the way that our behavior now um, seeks to be to be loved and to feel seen. Yeah. Right? Like, it's all, yeah. it's all you can't, you can't yeah. separate God from the reality of, of our psyche. Yeah. It, he is, you know, like, he is the fulfillment of a happy psyche. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But regardless, it's it's almost like, you know, the shackles of shame actually embed themselves so deeply that until we're able to look at them, and, and God's still been, like, weaving this out of my life, mm-hmm. until we're able to look, and, and so, so psychology would call it the shadow work, right? The shadow mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. So we would look at our psyche and we'd say, oh, that's a part of us that we don't like, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to avoid it, you know, like video games or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, sexual impurity or, uh-huh. um, you know, like maybe idolizing people when you're in a relationship or yeah. whatever it is comparison yeah anything yeah. that you do um you can avoid it avoid it avoid it and so you have you have this like section of god that you're receiving but there's this whole section of your life that god actually desires to redeem and heal mm-hmm. but shame keeps it locked away in a, in a closet totally. right totally and actually like even this summer i had this really profound experience where i was in my bath and i was just spending time with the lord and and he said to me jordan the things that you look at and think are ugly i look at and i desire to live inside of and for you to look at with joy and with love like i Mm -hmm. actually he actually wants us to look at that part of our life and see it the way that he sees it wow yeah because that's how it gets healed right yeah so so this whole rhetoric even in like new age or whatever we want to call it this rhetoric of like just accepting where you're at Mm mm-hmm 
you know, like there's these inklings of like, well, yeah, like unless I can actually look at where I am because the grace of God extends into every single aspect of my life, yeah. unless I can look at all these areas with grace and with like this peace in my spirit to say like, okay, like God, like how do we, what do we do here? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and invite, invite God into those areas that we used to be, you know, keyed away with shame. Um, that's when transformation happens. And that's when God becomes less, you know, of a punishing God and more of yeah. this father that's like, hey, like, I love you. I see you in every aspect of your life. And, mm-hmm. I, and I desire to walk through those places with you. And I'm yeah, not in a absolutely. rush. And this yeah, isn't yeah, a place yeah. that you're going. It's just a yeah. place that we're in. Yeah. And we always think that we're the ones who have to fix ourselves. So right. show ourselves approved to God. Look what I did, God. I did it. Yeah. But that's not real healing, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so even like, so I, I look at, I, I've looked at this pre and post, you know, knowing Jesus or knowing God, and I see it in people all the time where it's like, it's so difficult to admit something's wrong mm-hmm. unless we know that there's a way through it. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I meet someone who, you know, say, you know, Lewis says, if we're not able to reckon with the fact that there's a way through what we've screwed up, mm-hmm. we're never going to admit that we screwed up. Yeah. Like if I screw up and I know that there's no forgiveness for me or I know that there's going to be no grace for my mistake, I'm never going to admit that I screwed up. Mm-hmm. But humility actually comes in the awareness of our own error mm-hmm. and the recognition that our error is totally okay. Like there's room for our mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And so the grace of God is that humility becomes something that is empowering mm-hmm. rather than um, weakening. Yeah. Right? Like the grace of God becomes this, it, it, it empowers humility. Yeah. Because it actually says your humility, like your recognition of your faults, mm-hmm. is bringing you into closer union with me because you're no longer the strong one. Mm-hmm. And we, we know that we're not the strong one, but pride would tell us that we can't admit that because there's no one that's going to be strong for us. Right. But that's who God is. Right. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's that in the New Testament where he says, your power is made perfect and weakness. My power is made perfect. Mm-hmm. My grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. That's what the Lord says. Because his power is made perfect in our weakness, right? Yeah, you know, the Bible also says, like, our goodness is nothing apart from him. Mm. And apart from him, we can do nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the more you come to recognize that, mm-hmm. it's, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, like, and, oh and my then, gosh. Whoa. And then finally, like, and now to him who's able to do immeasurably more by his power at work within us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it's like, he does way more than we could ever do mm-hmm. as his power is, is, is come, comes alive within mm-hmm. us, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not our power, it's his. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. Quite. Well, I got to tell you a few fun stories. The Let's ones do you it. told me. Tell yeah. me some stories. What were the ones? Oh, yeah. The, I have to tell you the shoe story. So, fun things. So, guys, cat's so inspiring. Get this on the pod. <laughs> That's so inspiring. Um, okay, three fun stories. Actually, two regarding shoes. What was the other one that you wanted me to tell? Your job after Israel? Oh, yo, so many. Oh, yeah. Mm. So so this is fun. So just fun stories that God doesn't normally speak to me like this, but Kat's, you've inspired me in this way Let's in your go. walk with the Lord. One time I was in Athens. I was on my way home from Israel, and I was walking around with these flip-flops that I'd had literally for two years, and I'd worn them every day. I'd walked hundreds of kilometers in these flip-flops wow my feet are so resilient i'm so, so thankful so beautiful well really 
Thanks, a big Bible verse. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I appreciate that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Don't say that. I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm walking through Athens, and I was like walking with these sandals, and there were the most amazing leather shoes everywhere in Athens. And I was like, wow, I love these shoes. They're so nice. And I was like, Lord, I just don't need them. Like, I don't need those shoes. I have perfectly good sandals. And I was like, but like, if these shoes broke, or I said something like, but I really want those sandals. And like, if I needed them, I could buy them. Mm-hmm. Not 20 steps later the leather, the like bottom part of my sandal flops in half and they like fully break and I'm like hobbling through the streets of Athens and no I was way. like, yes, like, I got to buy new shoes. <laughs> so that was a moment when I thought of you, I just remember being like, yeah, sweet. And then there was another shoe one that I thought of you. I, um, I had, I bought these runners and they were just like bunk. Like they just didn't, they didn't work for my feet. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit disappointed. They were like $230. Ooh. And I was like, dang nabbit. Like I bought the wrong kind of runners and like you can't really take them back after you run a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So I put them up on Facebook Marketplace. I was like, hey, Lord, when I sell these ones, I'm going to b- go buy some new ones. Um, I'm just, I know they're going to sell and then I'll replace them with some other ones that are better. And the next day I went to my friend's house who was getting married. I was like helping her do all her wedding deco. And then her mom came into the room. She's like, Jordan, what size feet are you? I was like, I'm size 10. She's like, oh, well, funny. I have these runners that I was given. They're like high end, really nice runners after foot surgery, but they just don't feel good on my feet and I can't take them back. And I, can I just give them to you? And I was like, you can, you can give me the runners. (laughs) So that was another time where I was like, well, freak. Yeah. This is like so much the life of cat. Like I was like, I feel like you're just so faithful in those small things and you recognize when those things happen. And Mm -hmm. I just remember in the, both those moments being like, Oh, cat would notice that this happened. That's so fun. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And God cares about that stuff. Yeah. Every area of our lives. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and if we're um, if our eyes are attuned to like see it, then we totally yeah yeah it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Can Absolutely. you share the job story? Totally. So I went to Israel in 27, 2018. I actually have citizenship um, in Israel, and I'll hopefully live there again. I really feel like pulled back there. Cool. But I went there, and I was doing my first master's degree in, in conflict resolution, and I was playing professional volleyball over there too. Actually, I should tell you the story of how I got over there at some point. Yeah, go Can for I tell it. you now? Absolutely. Oh, good stuff. Let's go. So, like, my whole life, I knew that I really wanted to be in Israel. I knew that, like, I kind of felt called there. Or I, I really wanted to go there, and then once I became a Christian, I was like, oh, wow, I feel like God's really pulling me to Israel. Yeah, wow. But I never really felt the green light to go. So that was, like, from 2012. I was like, well, I really want to go to Israel. I'm so excited about Israel. And I remember when I finished my fifth year at UFC, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I need to go to Israel. Um, but God had some other stuff that I needed to do before then. And I did it all, and it was awesome. But I remember it was two years later after I'd finished at UFC, I was at home and I was thinking like, man, like I kind of feel like Israel could be on the table now. I was thinking about what kind of masters I wanted to do. I love school. I love learning. I love being in like academic environments. I think it's so stimulating and I think it's just like, I love being in a classroom on a team of people that are like learning together. I think it's best. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember I was looking at online master's degrees and I, it was like September and I was just perusing through and I found this one it was a master's degree in peace and conflict um, management from the University of Haifa International School in Israel. And I thought, wow, that looks so cool. And I told so many people about it. I was like, this is the coolest master's degree ever. Mm-hmm. And like for two or three weeks, I was super hyped about it. Like mm-hmm. all of September, I told mm-hmm. everyone. And then I don't know what happened, but I literally forgot about it. Like I didn't remember it at all. I was like, it literally was gone out of my brain. Like, I don't know how that happened. And I went into this spiral. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what is my life coming to? I don't know what I'm up to. And then I remember, like, it was the beginning of January. And two friends, 
reached out to me on separate accounts, like, two days apart, and said, hey, George, like, are you still applying for that master's degree? Like, that sounded so cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, the master's degree. And then my parents asked me about it that week, too. So, like, in, in four or five days, three different people asked me about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, about a month later, I, like, went online. And I was, like, looking it up. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. And finally, I was like, oh, I think, I think I'll apply for this degree rewind like two years to when I was in Sweden I remember talking to a bunch of people being like yeah one day I want to play professional volleyball in Israel like that would be really cool and one of the guys was like I used to play professional volleyball in Israel actually I have a number of an agent from there wow so I got his number I had texted him a few times throughout the years like literally Mm -hmm. every six months I'd text him and be like hey Gustavo any teams needing a setter and he'd be like yeah get back to me tell me when you want to come and I just would never respond like, I was just, like, aloof. Like, I don't uh-huh. know what I was doing. Uh-huh. And I would always text him, and then he would respond, and then I would never reply. And then come this, like, it was, like, February, maybe, and I was, like, looking at this degree, and I was, like, oh, I think I want to apply for this degree. So I put the whole application together. I kind of felt like I had the freedom to do it. Like, I didn't feel like any checks in my spirit. So I was, like, all right, I'll just, like, kept going, kept going. And I thought, mm-hmm. okay, if I feel like anything's stopping me, I'll just slow down. Mm-hmm. Send in my application. So keep in mind, like, Gustavo and I have spoken, like, three times over the past two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I sent in my application. Two days later, later Gustavo texts me. Wow. He's like, hey, Jordan, thinking about coming to play in Israel next year? And I was like, hey, Gustavo, funny you ask. Actually, I just applied for a master's degree in Israel. I'll let you know how it goes. And, I, and at this point, I had just gotten knee surgery. Mm. And uh, so I was kind of on the recovery. And I said that. I said, I just actually got my meniscus taken out. I'm walking. I'm fine. But I'm, like, definitely not at my peak performance level. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, no problem about your knee. Which university did you apply to? And I said, I applied to the University of Haifa International School. And he said, okay, that's perfect. And I said, why is that perfect, Gustavo? He said, because the coach of the Maccabi Haifa women's volleyball team wants you to come and be a setter for them. And I said, okay, why is that perfect? He said, well, because the coach of the Maccabi Haifa volleyball team is also the head of athletics at the university and he can fast forward your application. So you can both go to the university and play for the club. And he's happy for you to do both. Wow. And I said, well, if that's not divine intervention, I'm not really sure what con- what it constitutes as. So what was crazy was literally just like within two days wow. of me just being faithful and being like, hey, Lord, like, I really feel like this is what you're asking me to do. Mm-hmm. I had a professional contract wow. that would cover my living expenses. Mm-hmm. Like they got me a dorm room to stay in and I would play for a team there. And I also got to study what I wanted to study at this university that was on the top of Mount Carmel that looked over the Canaret Valley, which is like the same valley that Nazareth is in. You can see Lebanon, you can almost see Syria, you can see the Mediterranean. Like, and it was, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was like, yeah, it was, it was the most transformative year of my life. But I got to the end of that year and I remember I was going to be coming home and I said, I was like, dang, like, what am I going to do when I go home? And it was like one of the last weeks I was in Israel, maybe like a week left before I was going home. And I, uh, I was just locking up a bike with Matt somewhere in a bike lock, and, and we just started chatting with these two Israelis that were beside us. And they were like, oh, where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from Calgary, actually. I'm going back there in a week. And he said, oh, we like Calgary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, how do you know about Calgary? And he said, well, actually, my aunt owns a bake shop there. Wow. And I said, no way. Like, does it happen to be sidewalk citizen? And he's like, 
yeah, it's Sidewalk Citizen. And I was like, that's my favorite bake shop. I was like, that's crazy. He's like, yeah, they always want me to come work there. And I was like, I've been trying to figure out where I'm going to work when I go home. I think I'm going to go work at Sidewalk Citizen. <laughs> so that night I emailed Sidewalk Citizen. I was like, hey, I don't know if you guys are hiring, but I'm moving back from Israel and I'd really love to work for you. I get back at like 10 p.m. one night. The next morning at 9 a.m. I had my interview. I got hired and then I started working at Sidewalk Citizen. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> so I had Shikshuka in Israel, and then I had Hummus in Shikshuka in Calgary. Wow, that's so cool. But it's amazing, right? Because it's like, um, in the moments of our deepest despair, even if we're willing to go to despair, God, God doesn't punish us for being despairing. He actually just continues to change our perspective and to, to, to transfer our lens into hope, right? Mm-hmm. Like he takes us into an eternal perspective all the time. Yeah. So in our moments when we're like, oh no, Lord, like what's happening? Um, he might do something that's like kind of it might seem like a temporary fix but he's like this has always been in place like this was never not going to happen mm-hmm. you know like you were mm-hmm. always going to be taken care mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Um, so it, I remember that was just a moment it's like going to Israel and coming back from Israel it was all there right like yeah. and he only ever gives us what we can handle like when I was trying to write my thesis I, I got to go to Rwanda and I'd been there a few times now but I got to go to Rwanda and, and do some interviews in a like this incredible little village and speak to survivors and perpetrators of the genocide, right? It's well, like, yeah. all of a sudden I'm doing these things that like I never dreamed could happen. And even the process of like getting ethics approval for my research in Rwanda mm-hmm. was like the most God-ordained process of my life. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. like, and, and there's so many little moments in the midst of all that stuff, but um, God only ever gives us what we can handle. And I, th- I think that like going through playing professional volleyball Sweden and having my identity identity totally flipped upside down and then actually walking through Israel and being so known and walking so close to a God that I, it was like the fullness of who I knew God to be kind of got to come alive to me there because it was like both my Judaism and my, my knowledge and my like relationship with Jesus kind of came together in one place, right? Yeah. And then coming away from that and trying to go to my thesis in Rwanda was like, okay, God, you've walked with me so closely and he's still walking with me. But he, he almost like gives us more of the leash, not to say like you're more in control, but to say like, I want to trust you with more and I want to build you up. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to feel empowered by this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. some verses that have been like so transformative for me have been like the end of Ephesians 2 and the beginning of Ephesians 3, mm-hmm. talking about the fullness of him who fills you mm-hmm. is filling the whole world. Like this idea that like his, his fullness, the fullness of who Jesus is fills us and we, his church, fill him back up. Yeah. And, and, and how empowering is it to know that the one who actually came to like to redeem the world I, I like like of course he's the savior of the world but for me sometimes that puts it out of context it's like Jesus literally saved us but he didn't just save us like he he literally redeemed us he like he fixed it yeah he put things back in order yeah in, in Hebrew when you greet someone or in Israel when you greet someone you say the literal translation of hakol literally means is everything in order and that's how you would greet. So you'd say, like, we would say, is everything okay for you? Mm-hmm. To you, to someone else, you'd say, is everything in order? Mm. You say, yes, everything's in order. Wow. You know, like, it's just this understanding that, like, the order matters. Like, how mm-hmm. everything's put together is really important. Mm-hmm. And Jesus puts everything back in order. Mm-hmm. He's like, it was, it was out of order, and now it's in order. Like, Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Disorder to order. Mm-hmm. Chaos to, like, the peace or the calm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Um, That's amazing. Do you know yeah. what's so cool about those stories you shared, too, like with you trying to figure out what you're supposed to do? That was one of the first revelations you had mm-hmm. when you gave your life to God. You're like, oh, now I don't have to worry about what my future's going to look so like. True. Or what did you say? You're like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's literally just like, it reminds me of another verse when you were talking, I was reminded of a kid's, kid's worship song, I Got Peace Like a River, mm. on like listener kids on YouTube. And at the end they say a little Bible verse and the little chipmunk kids are talking and they say a verse, I think from Isaiah, it's like, it's God's peace. It's like, if you would have obeyed, obeyed me, I would have given you peace like a river. Mm. And it's literally, it's just like, wow, it's literally you, what you're Whoa. living in that peace. And yeah. then it's so crazy too, because back in the day when those people called you those names, that name, you know, yeah. you were living in that identity. Yeah without even wanting to, but when, mm -hmm. now that you've been born again, like God's got you, you're alive now in him and you're yeah. living in that identity yeah, of yeah, just yeah. like Jordan of being his daughter and you get to just, yeah. 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 Isn't that so crazy? Yeah. It becomes really resolute, right? Like you're so sure of it. Totally. Like, well, this is, yeah, this, and it's like the substance of who you are mm -hmm. because your whole life is living in that place now. Mm -hmm. So whether you're doing academia or right. sports, it's yeah. all encompassing with the spirit of God when yeah. you're sending these emails and you need yeah. to get your ethics confirmed yeah. <laughs> and the Lord's in it. Right. Yeah. And all that. It's like, yeah, there's nothing separate. Totally. There were some really big moments even in that, like that whole ethics approval. I remember, I remember it being like the time when I was supposed to, I had sent in my whole application to this Rwandan research board and I was in Calgary twiddling my thumbs waiting for them to get back to me to say whether or not it was approved. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't heard back from them from three and a half months and I was talking to my friends on the ground in Rwanda and I was like, can you guys, Rwanda? And I was like, can you guys help me? <laughs> and uh, anyways, we finally figured out what the problem was and I got it to the right application board. And um, while all this was happening, I was trying to get there for a certain period of time during the commemoration month in, in April and the months leading up to it. So I, I, I remember before it all started, I said to the Lord, I was like, God, are you, are you going to make me book my flight before I get ethics approval? Ooh. And I had this like moment of like, ooh, I don't want to do that. But I, I was like, no, no, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't ask me to do that. <laughs> and I remember the moment when I like resent in my application and I was pretty sure it was going to get approved. Mm -hmm. Like I just had this piece about it, but I had no reason why. Like mm -hmm. I would get approved. Mm -hmm. Um and I remember going online and being like, I think it makes sense for me to book my flight now yeah. before I got approved. Mm -hmm. So the foresight of that was like, I was absolutely petrified to be like, well, you're not going to make me like book a flight mm -hmm. before I actually get approved for this research. But then in the moment of doing it, I was like, no, like God doesn't ask us to blindly follow him. Like our faith is so unsubstantiated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it's not like I had any, it's not like my circumstances had changed and I had any bigger reason to believe that it was going to get approved. Mm -hmm. But the spirit of God is like the spirit of peace and the spirit of truth. And I, in that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm going to book my flight. So I booked this flight. I flew to Rwanda and on my way, like in my travels, like I think I got the email on an airport yeah. while I was on my way there that it was approved. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's good. Cause I'm on my way. <laughs> Cause I'm coming. <laughs> um, yeah, there there have been a few things like that, but I, it's like if God's gonna if God asks us to do something, to step out in faith, mm -hmm. like sure, I'm sure sometimes it's gonna be like that that thrilling like holy crap, like what am I doing? I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. But in my own experience, it's like, no, the will of God has been so peacefully submitted to me. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's like, yeah, this feels like the right decision. You know, people ask me, how do you know that Israel was right? And it's like, yeah, all those things could fall in your lap and you could still feel like it wasn't right, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I knew, like that inner knowing of being like, no, this is in line. Like the clock face is ticking. Like mm -hmm. everything is functioning in the way yeah. that it's meant to, you know? Yeah. 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 So good. It was the same when I, it was the same when I um, got to go to Sweden. Mm -hmm. You know, I got this offer and I was like, yep, yeah, it feels right. And I went, I left 10 days later. Mm -hmm. And so I was good. gone for 10 months. Mm -hmm. You know, 
But when God speaks, he speaks. And I remember I was, I was packing for Sweden. I put 10 books together. No, eight books together. And then I remember looking at the stack of books and thinking, I don't need all these books with me when I go to Sweden. So I took one out. Mm-hmm. One. And so I took seven. <laughs> to eight. Like, no difference. And I also took out the smallest one. Wow. It was um, The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. Cool. So I took it out. I was like, I'll just read that when I get back. So we go to Sweden. I get into my apartment. And I'm staying with another girl. And we go into the apartment and I'm like, pick whichever room you want. I'll just take the other one. I don't, and I didn't care. Mm-hmm. So she took one room. So I got the default other room. Mm-hmm. I go in there, sit on the bed and I like kind of orienting myself with the room. And I open the bedside table and in, in the bedside table, there's some little notes, some little stickies and a book. Mm. The Product of God by Timothy <laughs> Keller. <laughs> and I was like, Holy. I was like, oh, no yeah, yeah. way. Just funny. Just who does that? And so like, <laughs> I was like, huh. Well, you know, like he gives us just what we need yeah. to continue to exercise it, right? Totally. Because he, know, he knows where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, we're not fooling him. Yeah. yeah he's so such good. a loving God. He's so loving. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that was a good moment for me, I remember. That's incredible. Yeah. Good yeah, moment. yeah. So many good moments. So fun. Um, yeah, that's great. I'd love to talk a little bit about our friendship. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we met before you went to Israel. Mm-hmm. So funny. We always talk about this. We're like, how did we meet? Yeah, we don't know. We don't really know. <laughs> we have the same chiropractor, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. yeah, I went to you church for a little bit. And one of our mutual friends said that we needed to meet. Totally. And then we did at you church. And it was right before you went to Israel. So we went for brunch or something together. Yeah. And really connected. That was the first time in the van. What's so the van's good. name? Wanda the Honda. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, met Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like so cool. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. I remember the first time when we met, I, I already told you, but I was like, she's got so many stories, but they're not just stories, right? Like they're really intentional encounters that you have with the Lord. And I remember being really inspired by that. And that's why I thought of you with those shoes in Athens. Like I was like, oh, this is, would be something that would happen to Kat. Nice. You know, like you're <laughs> yeah. so aware and you're so acutely aware and acutely welcoming of the spirit speaking to you. Yeah, that's so cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you had went to Israel immediately after and I just remember we hung out and I was like, wow, that was so cool. That was yeah. great, but she's leaving for a year and cool. You know, like yeah. I'll see her when she gets Later back. Yeah. And then I think maybe like you were gone for a whole year or how mm-hmm. many months? Yeah, I was gone for a year. Yeah. Maybe like seven or eight months into it, I just thought about you. I was like, oh, where's Jordan? And like, we were friends on Instagram. And I was like, I should message her and see when she's coming home. And yeah, then yeah. I'd like ask you and you came back and we went for, went to Lazy Loaf. Lazy Loaf. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. So good. That was amazing. You were the was... first person I really processed Israel with actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. We were just super connected. And then I realized that like God was bringing us together in this season. Totally. To hang out and be friends. Yeah. And that was just really wild. Mm-hmm. We super connected, I think over a couple months there it's been interesting on our friendship because the lord's been speaking to me about like having you as like a sister and such a best friend but not needing you that was mm. one thing that we always was like oh yeah, yeah. you know because you're just like flowing so yeah. sometimes you'd come and you'd go and i'm like oh jordan's gone again <laughs> like, you know you were doing volleyball up north for a minute yeah, and all that yeah. stuff and then be like oh jordan's back and we get to hang out and then other yeah. times you're hanging with your boyfriend and all yeah, that yeah. stuff and it's like come and go but i think one thing that was so well, there's two things that stuck out while you were just sharing your story. That's literally what you were walking me through in Mm. my own relationship with the Lord and my femininity. And I was like, holy smokes. The first thing you said, um, where you were talking about how just 
God restoring that purity and that innocence. Like, well, how could I ever have sex with someone outside of marriage? Not because it's something I can't do, but like, why would I? Because yeah. given the beauty of what this intimacy is with your husband that you're going to have one day, right? And mm. I, in that moment, when you're sharing that, I realized that that's what you walked me through in that season. And I think for me, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was like, my sexuality was so, I was still so confused and I knew it was wrong, but God was like, unraveling all these layers in my wow. heart for the first couple of wow. years yeah. and I feel like I just put up a lot of walls toward women where it's be like I'd hang out with them but I wouldn't super open up or connect with them or this or that but then it was with you that God just started talking to me and was like Kat like just start sharing how you feel with Jordan and start sharing your deepest darkest secrets mm. and there was one day when you and I went to Canmore together and we mm. went to the mountains that was I think that was like right after we had connected. I think so. Yeah, it was soon after. Yeah. yeah. And I remember it was so funny. I wanted to take a dog to the mountain. <laughs> and then my, my brother texted me. He was like, can you babysit the dog for the weekend? And I was like, yes. I was like, absolutely. I was like, I wanted to take a dog. Yeah. And so that was like the day where it's so fun. You're my friend who taught me about the word sinking in. Mm. And uh, I feel like you love sinking in with people. Oh, yeah. And that day we just sunk in. You know, it's yeah. one thing to have like an hour-long coffee with someone. And you can still go there and it's amazing. But we like mm. sunk in that day in Canmore. Yeah. And we drove to the mountains together. So good. Took Bentley for a walk. And one thing that was huge that day is we stopped off at Beamer's. Shout out. Favorite coffee shop. Love Beamer's. The vegan bar. Oh, vegan so Vegan energy bar. Just had a couple weeks ago. Really? I got one the other day too. And I thought of you. And I was oh, going to like get one I, for you. I should have. I almost messaged but. you. <laughs> <laughs> so good. We ate them too fast. Dude, I tell everyone about that vegan bar. Oh, nice. <laughs> So There's good. also like three beamers now in Canmore. So many. I know. Wild. Eh? So good. Mm -hmm. So we go there yep. and you're like, hey, my friend's in Canmore. Like, let's just go for coffee with her. She lives in Edmonton. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. So we go and sit down there. And all of a sudden you're like holding this girl's hand across the table and hugging her. And you two are just like enjoying each other as sisters. And it's super innocent and pure and loving. And me, I'm like sitting beside you and like immediately notice this. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, mm. Jordan's just like holding this girl's hand. And it's like so beautiful. And there's mm. nothing twisted about it at all mm. and I think in that time of my life God was showing me the places where I was just like didn't understand what physical touch was and I didn't understand that intimacy with women was something that I could have right. in a way that's not twisted right. and, and in a way that's not me having to keep my walls up but mm. I can fully be myself as a woman and share mm. who I am without that me being attracted to them or without them being attracted to me you right. know yeah and so I remember I had to walk Bentley the dog so I was like <laughs> hey you hang out with your friend I need to walk the dog yeah. <laughs> so I go outside and um we've talked about like bearing fruit on this podcast you know it's mm. like fruit to root and in that moment I literally picked your fruit I was like God I was like Jordan was mm. just holding that girl's hand I was like that was so innocent and pure and I was like I have never mm. had that and I was like I want that like wow. I want that in my friendships with women like I want it to be pure like that yeah. and I remember I was living with my sister at the time and she would be like every day like okay this is the part of the day where we hug for like a minute or two and she would just put her arms around me and I'm like no <laughs> like, like I just hated it I don't know why dude I was like don't get near me don't touch me but yeah. it was that was the shift that day where I was like no god like whoa god you're showing me that physical touch is beautiful mm. and like it's okay for me to emotionally connect and like sink into these relationships and these friendships with women and that was so cool and so that day was so profound whoa. um we watched a movie together at the end of stars born and had that was probably one of the craziest encounters with God I've ever had in my life, which is mm. a whole nother story that I really don't want to share, but <laughs> someday. <laughs> but you, I remember that day was just incredible. Mm. And that was so cool. And yeah, that was just something. Here's the other thing too, is that you, this was the encounter that you're walking in because God has showed you how beautiful purity is. Whoa. 
And so now you are extending that to me by just mm. living your life. Mm. And I was able to recognize that and be like, God, I want that for my own life. And then mm. what were you just talking about before? You were talking about legitimate needs fulfilled in an illegitimate way, mm-hmm. which is literally, I was just reading my journal from mm. this, this time two years ago in 2018. I literally wrote this down, this quote that I'd read, and it says, homosexuality is a legitimate need fulfilled in an illegitimate <laughs> no way. way. Yeah, legit. <laughs> and it says, because God created us to be intimate with the same sex Mm -hmm. but because of the fall of man you know because adam and eve ate from that tree all that stuff's been distorted Mm -hmm. and now we have a twisted view of it Mm -hmm. and so that's just so wacky that you were saying that because it is a legitimate need for me as a woman now that i've Mm -hmm. been able to unravel those parts of my heart it's like i believe that like my sisters the women that i've spent time with over these last couple years has been like the sustaining life and energy that's gotten me not through being single but it's Mm -hmm. like that life-giving energy being able to emotionally connect together and share an intimacy in a way that's not twisted and so it was during that time that you and i would hang out Mm -hmm. and i would just share my heart i would share things that i'd never really shared with others before Mm -hmm. and i just felt so safe with you and and totally alive and like it's so safe and I think prior to that, it's like, oh, you don't share those deep things with people because that's like something you hold on to. It's like that shame piece, right? Yeah, and you, yeah. I've just, no, I can't share this because there's shame attached to it and I don't want to. But then God was like, no, Kat, just share this stuff with Jordan. Mm. And as I started sharing, it was so freeing Whoa. and like, man, so cool. Yeah. And so that was just super profound to see God peeling back those layers because, yeah. it wasn't just this thing you know it's not just me this thing like abstaining from this homosexual lifestyle it's god unraveling and bringing healing to why i ever did it in the first place right you know and like why i was attracted to women and it's he's like cat it's the physical touch you're believing lies about physical touch having to be sexual it's about you not being able to emotionally connect all that stuff so there's all these layers right right and it's just so cool how you're walking as you just this woman who loves the lord god's just showing you who he is and you're just extending that to me and I'm like what the he's going to beamers and back yeah so crazy wow amazing wow like two weeks later I remember I was visiting my friend and it was your birthday on the 28th yeah October shout out nice you just turned 28 on the 28th that's why I know your birthday because yeah, it was yeah, your champagne, champagne this year <laughs> yeah. so good champagne, um you didn't Mm-mm. sorry did okay. you big celebration it was big celebration I went to, yeah, we went out for dinner. That's great. We reserved a table. Yeah, That's so nice. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I remember I was going to visit my friend the night before, and then you were having a brunch with all your friends. Mm-hmm. And I was driving to visit my friend out of the city, and I just was like, I felt God be like, Kat, like, you're going to write a song. I just felt something bubbling up inside of me. I was like, the Lord was like, you're going to write a song for Jordan for her birthday. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to hang out with my friend, but okay. So I go oh. to my friend's house for the night, and then they go to church in the morning, and I was going to drive back to Calgary, and I was like, I asked my friend, I was like, hey, like, can I just sit at your house and, like, hang out with the Lord before I leave? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. So I started reading the word, and God just, like, bubbled this song up out of me, and then I went to your place and delivered it to you, which was so fun on your birthday. And I remember, it's so funny, because you talk about in your story where you're like, I had everything, you know, you got the smarts, you got the looks, the sporty, mm. this and that. And I remember during that time when we first became friends, just like God working on a lot of those insecurities of my heart because Mm. here once again you are like this incredible beautiful woman who's just so full of peace and energy (laughs) and life and all this stuff and so part of me and my insecurities would get around you or like I'm coming to hang out with all your sporty friends after I have a slumber (laughs) party at my friend's house and they're all these incredible awesome people and I'm like the Lord's like no no makeup I'm like okay like all this stuff and in a new house and all these people I don't know and I'm like okay here I am God I'm gonna deliver this song to Jordan I'm like (laughs) just going through the ringer but I was like but it's just so good because like 
God was just affirming me, you know, like, mm. and you too, and who you are. It's not this thing of you carrying this thing where you're like, I'm so amazing. God loves me and take that everyone else. It's like, mm. it's no, who you are invites other people to become who they're created to be too by God. And so that was like the song that I sang for you. And that was so cool. And yeah, it was just so powerful. And so really cool. I should probably sing some of it, just acapella. I, I was going to put like a recording of it, but it, that just seems too, uh, well, you should sing it. It seems too fabricated for our episode. Yeah. I could just sing a couple of the lines. This episode is au naturel. Oh, I'm just going to shove the whole prayer at the start in there and <laughs> just not? send her. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Franklin. Yeah, Franklin. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was recorded. It was recorded. That and you, you referenced so Franklin afterwards, too. Yeah, I did. Into the episode, so Franklin's got to stay. Oh, says. nice. Yeah. Maybe that can be the pick for the episode. Franklin. Oh, I should get Photoshop. You have that stuff. Yeah, want to Photoshop a pic of you and Franklin together for this? Oh, yeah. With just godly things? Can Maybe you do that? Try to do that? Is that illegal? Is it that copyright? Be. I don't know. You could just take a turtle. Yeah, yeah. Just you and a turtle. I could draw a turtle. Mm-hmm. Could, right? We have to talk about your art page. Oh, whoa. Dude, for real. We'll just get, we'll shout it out at the end. Yeah, we'll do a shout out. Check out Art by J Guy. <laughs> or now. <laughs> yeah, check it out. <laughs> um, wait, but what you just shared was so good. I am I'm just like sinking in it, actually. Do you want me to try singing the song? Oh, I'd love it. <clears throat> okay, here we go. <clears throat> hey, 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 it's me again. I think you're my best friend. Ooh. I'm coming to you, confessing my sins, receiving healing. Oh, there's no judgment in your eyes. I feel like I can be myself around you now. Because your heart is so kind. Don't gotta do a thing. Just chat and sit and think Cause you offer me something that the world can't give And it's Christ in you The hope of glory Becoming the hope inside me Yes, it's Christ in you the hope of glory becoming the hope inside me but you're not special oh everyone else can be like you and you invite them into that place oh you're not special you just know who you are and it's beautiful, oh beautiful you are. Yes, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, becoming the hope inside me. Oh, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, becoming inside me too it's to love who you are oh i love who you are i love who you are it's to love who you are oh i love
It's beautiful you are, oh beautiful you are, oh beautiful you are, yes I love you, I love who you are, yeah beautiful you are. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I love you, buddy. I forgot how good that song was. So good. Holy crow. So good. I think, yeah. I'm just going to replay that when I listen to the podcast. It's great. I'm fast forward to the song. <laughs> I just listen to the song. Yeah, the things that stick out, it's literally in James in the New Testament, in the Bible, it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may receive healing. And, you know, it's one thing for you when you confess that to God. Like, God, I did that with those boys, and I'm sorry, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And that's God forgiving you. Mm -hmm. But there's another level that, of healing that you can receive when you're in friendship with someone. And I start confessing to you, Jordan, this is what I'm navigating through. This is where I messed up, this and that. And it's just like, it evens out the playing field. Because, like, I'm on my walk with the Lord, yeah. you're in yours too. And we're just yeah. navigating through this together. Yeah. And it was during that time that I was just able to recognize that, like, no, it's beautiful to be in process and to live life with yeah. sisters and people who I can open up and share my deepest, darkest secrets to. Yeah. And that's become a thing that I love doing with a couple of my other friends. I'm like, okay, what do you got? Deepest, darkest yeah. secrets. And at first it was scary, you know, like, ooh. Yeah. And, you know, even as I'm saying this now, someone listening, I'm like, oh, what's your deepest, darkest secret? Yeah, yeah. And something immediately probably comes up. Like, sure. whoa, I could never share that. Yeah, 100%. But there is so much freedom. And yeah. now when I get around my friends and we would have these sleepovers and I'm like, okay, time to share. And it would yeah. be this time where I would get so excited for that time when we're having our sleepover at three in the morning yeah. and it's time to share. Because I'm like, I need to get this off my chest, yeah. man. And yeah, it's yeah. like totally open and yeah. so I just love that we were able to do that in this mm -hmm. that season yeah. um, like I said you come and go all the time it's amazing <laughs> but especially back in 2018 that oh, was yeah, just yeah. like incredible at the end of the year to do that with you totally. and the second part of it is a verse in Colossians which says it's Christ in us the hope of glory and I think like God just showed you that he loves you and you're living in that place and for me I always saw it in other people I'm like they're an amazing Christian they're incredible they're this or that but it was during that time that God was like, no, Catherine, like, you're so incredible. You're so amazing. It's you. And it's Christ in me, Catherine Gustak, in my unique person of who I am. And mm -hmm. it's Christ in you, Jordan, in yeah. your, like, incredible, all-encompassing goodness. That's the hope of glory. Yeah. And so it's like, we don't have to look to other people to compare ourselves. And for you, you know, in, in Peter, in First Peter in the New Testament, or Second Peter, I forget, it says that we are God's, like, chosen, precious people. Mm. But at the end of the day... No one's like, and he says a special people, but no Christian is extra special than mm -hmm. anyone else, no. you know? And so you just live in this place of humility where you're like, yes, come and meet God, come and see who you are. Mm -hmm. And your life just, just the fruitiest tree, sis, just fruit for days <laughs> hanging off you. I'm like, oh, I'll take some of that. Slump. And that, and that. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I love that verse, the hope of glory, right? Like it's yeah. like Christ in us is the hope of the glory of God. Like God is glorified through Christ in us, right? Like yeah. It's like, they're, it's inseparable. Yeah. Like you will know a tree by its fruit. Yeah. You will. You can't, you cannot bear good fruit if you're not coming from, if you're not filled up by a source. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Also, I was just thinking about if you're listening and you know, like, like you were saying, you know, like you have that thing come up and you're like, whoa, that's my secret. It's like, 
the biggest lie that we can believe about the things that come up that we're that we have that we're ashamed of and you know what like even to take it one step further it's okay that you're ashamed of it you don't need to be ashamed of your shame you don't need to you know religion will take you into these deep rabbit holes of saying like oh i need to you know i can't i people can't know that i was ashamed people can't know that i'm afraid it's like no the first place that the that the Lord always begins with you is in the most authentic and honest and real understanding of where you're at because only from the firm foundation of truth can we build our lives, Mm -hmm. right? Like only from an acknowledgement of where we're truly at can we rebuild our lives and the power of God is that shame doesn't hold any power anymore. Mm. So to actually come to a place and recognize our shame or recognize our fear or recognize the things that are, you know, these deep dark secrets that we've always kept hidden away and to be able to reckon with them and allow the grace of God into those places. When we confess to each other, it's not so much saying, um, I need to tell you this, it's actually releasing the power of shame. Yeah. When we speak something out, it loses all of its power sitting inside of us and so like good. festering and becoming something that it isn't, right? Oh, so totally. I think the, the, the power of confession or the power of inviting somebody else into that walk mm-hmm. is, is, is so, so, so beautiful. And I think in a lot of ways you've been that for me too, you know, like there's a lot of things, you know, we choose who we process with, we choose who we share those things with. And, yeah. and I think we need to choose and we need to choose wisely because there's things, because those things are precious mm-hmm. and you share them with people who understand that they're precious and who mm-hmm. understand that you're absolutely, completely lovable regardless of what you're about to share. Yeah. You know? So good. That's so cool with the confession thing too. I remember the summer when I gave my life to the Lord in 2015. I was navigating through all that sexuality stuff in my heart and with my family. They would help me process. My sister was huge, all that. But then I went to a prayer meeting like maybe in like August and it was early on a Saturday morning and I just felt the Lord so clearly. The pastor was like, yo, we're going to pray for freedom over people. And that was the first time I felt the Lord be like, Kat, you have to share with these people right now about how I'm setting you free from like same-sex attraction. There was like... I don't know, maybe 20 to 30 people there. And I was like, okay. So obviously when it's the first time you're sharing like that, I just literally wept. They're like, does anybody have anything they want to share? I was like, yeah. I was like, God's setting me free from like a five year sexuality struggle I've been navigating through and blah, 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 blah. And all this stuff. And I just broke down and wept. But it was in that moment. I remember driving home and just feeling so free. Yeah. Like all, you know, as you bring this stuff to light, the darkness has no power over it. Oh, 100%. And the biggest lie that you believe is like, well, if I say this, what will everybody think of me? But the second you say it, you care even less. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Like actually, the more I'm telling you, the less I'm caring. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And to get in like the habit, not even like just the lifestyle of that. That doesn't justify you going out and sinning and being like, take that God, I'm doing this. But it's like when stuff stuff comes up, it's like, wow, this is just what I'm navigating through. There's no shame in it. Totally. And the more you practice that and like ask God for good godly people in your life who you can share with. Oh, 100%. It's amazing. Gotta pull up this verse right now. It's so good. It's totally in line with what we're talking about. Yeah, so good. Get out of here. As she pulls that up, um, Jordan got a iPad during COVID. Oh, yeah. Because she has Art by Jake Guy account, which you briefly heard about. <laughs> she has art, though, on the iPad. Yeah, I do so art, good. digital art. Yeah, Kat, Kat believed in me and helped me invest and pay for this puppy. That was so good. Yeah. That was one thing that we were both navigating at the same time through, though, because yeah, I was doing the podcast stuff, and it's like we were understanding that God's actually created us to do things. And totally. it's okay to buy things and yeah. to put money into it and to invest and yeah. all that. Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah. For a while there, we were just like, buy the iPad. Yeah. (laughs) Buy the iPad. (laughs) Like, after all of our text messages, get the iPad. (laughs) Oh, so good. Okay, this is so good. It's a bit long, but I'm going to just try and summarize it a little bit. But just in line with, you know, that whole idea, it's like, um, it doesn't doesn't condone sinning. Hmm. Or it doesn't... um, 
it, it's not like, yeah, go sin and then just confess, but it's actually saying, um, God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in him. And if we claim that we share life with him, but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from all sin. Um, but if we freely admit our sins, because we're in the process of being transformed and mm -hmm. being perfected, rather than choosedly go out and do things that we recognize and are against the will of God, um, but if we freely admit our sins and confess to one another when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. Mm. He is just to forgive our sins because of Christ and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we claim that we're not guilty of sin when God uncovers it with his light, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Um, but if anyone does sin, we continually have a forgiving redeemer who is face to face with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also the sins of the whole world. This and, and yeah, so it's challenge. It's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah, so good. The light. I love that. That's First John. Yeah, First John. One. Passion translation. Passion. You're into passion. That's I love good. the passion. That's cool. I love that. I think yeah, and going back to like the song. Um, I think for just me with my. You know all that the Lord's been just doing in my heart through with the same sex attraction stuff over the last few years even just being able to sing that song to you and there just be no pervertedness in it just so cool you know wow. like i just love you and i love who you are and that's totally amazing and there's nothing twisted there and god's so cool because he can redeem that for anyone mm -hmm. and this is life with yeah. it this way yeah 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 that's so good. good so great so good. usually, <laughs> XD, usually, usually, like I do, like some sort of outro. But since you're part of the intro, what are some main takeaways? I think practically speaking, is JGT. We've talked a lot about the root issues and all that. And you know, if there's fruit in people's lives that is not godly, just ask God what the root issues are and sit mm. with Him mm. and and ask God about what lies you're believing. Totally, because you thought. You were living in that identity of, oh, I'm a whore, I'm this and that, what right. people spoke over you. Yeah. But we are not who the world speaks over us no, no, no. at all. And yeah. for me, even too, in like my sexuality, like I'm still like super strong and I play video games and all this stuff that might be kind of manly, but that has nothing to do with my sexuality. <laughs> I'm a woman who's made in God's image and he yeah. loves me and that I don't have to get intimacy with women twisted because the world would see me as like maybe slightly masculine at in all. a few different areas. Right. And yeah. But that would be a lie that I believed as a young mm -hmm. teenager mm -hmm. that I was walking into and my 20s right mm -hmm. like over these last few years so there's all these lies that mm -hmm. we're believing so subconsciously without yeah. even knowing yeah so yeah. it's like some main takeaways would That's be i don't know if you're not takeaway. walking with the lord jesus is awesome <laughs> give yeah. your life to jesus <laughs> yeah first of all <laughs> this is where you start <laughs> second of all yeah, no, I like that. I like the practical. I'm not so good at practical things. I'm, a, I'm really ethereal, if you didn't know yes. from what I was talking about. You just flowed through this. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're such an academic. Oh, That's why so you annoying. love academia. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Jordan. Come oh. back down to earth. But uh, I, I like theories. No, but I like what you said there because I, I think that I think that my biggest takeaway, and I think from from both my, my master's in Israel and even studying, you know, counseling psych now, it's like, well, what is it that sets us apart as Christians? What is it that continues to keep us in freedom? You know, what is it that changes our perspective perpetually, like every day that actually gives me a concrete different perspective than someone else? And I can honestly say that it's this non, this both and, right? This non-dualistic perspective. I'm not saying that there's not a resolute truth. Mm. 
It's very far from what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the non-dualistic perspective allows grace to permeate every perception that we have of the world. So if someone's acting outside of the will of God, our reaction isn't offense. Our reaction is curiosity. Mm. Our, our reaction is you're loved and mm -hmm. you are acting as if you're unloved. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but I, I, you know, who is it? The guy that wrote Love Does, Bob, Bob Goff. Okay. When he talks all about like, you know, we're actually in the process of becoming love. Mm. We're not, we're, we're becoming like Jesus. We're, we're receiving love, yes, to give love, but to also become it. God is love and we're becoming like his son and his son is like his father and he is love, right? So that whole perspective shift, like my practical, like I would love it if my practical takeaway could be, this isn't religion. Like this is the furthest thing from religion. It's actually the transformation of your heart to recognize that the world isn't a big scary place, but it's a place where love is actually the safest and the most, the most, um, transformative way forward and it's the only thing whether you want to teach somebody a lesson if you want to get revenge if you want to be you know resentful or bitter or if you want to cut somebody out of your life you know what you always have choice we always have a choice in what it is that we do and I actually would not encourage you to make a choice that was against what you were capable of doing but when you're incapable of love go back to the source of love and say how can I become more like you so that I'm not uh, subjected to the world but so that the world is subjected to my transformation of love mm. so good you know yeah i yeah. think and then trying to be a bit more practical <laughs> sorry coming back down to <laughs> trying to be more practical here shame is the most deceptive and and perpetual liar that you will ever know and if we're not able to find the roots of shame in our life mm. it will lead to self-hatred it will lead to every type of mental illness, to every type of depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation. Shame is the first thing um, that will skew your understanding of who your father is in heaven. Hmm. And so at, if at any point, be quick to recognize shame, be quick to confess where, what you're ashamed of, or that you are trying to hide something, because the things that we hide are clouded in shame. They are totally a lie. There is nothing to be afraid of, and there is nothing that God doesn't, there's nothing that God sees in you and deems unlovable. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good for people to know. And for me to know I needed to hear that too. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Jordan, thank you so much yeah. for coming on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. No, thanks for having me. This is really our most fun. unique episode yet. Oh, is it? I'm That's here for so it. Fun. This is good. Wait, I want to just read my notes and see if there's anything else that I wanted to say. I made some notes. It's great. Thanks. Um, no, I think I said it. That's it. Cool. Well, sis, appreciate it. Yeah, I love you so much. Love you too. Yeah, JGT is all the better. It makes the world all the better. Of a place? <laughs> Other place? One podcast at a time. Yeah, one podcast at a time. Amen. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.